So we're excited to be here, Michelle and I. It's been a fun day. Uh, we're excited to just be sharing tonight about evangelism. I'm going to pray here in a minute, but I just want you to know, you may not be an evangelist, but evangelism is every believer's responsibility to love their neighbor enough to share the good news with them. Amen? We have to remember that. So let's pray. So, Father, we love you. We praise you. Lord, we thank you for the greatest gift ever given in your Son and our Savior, King Jesus. Holy Spirit, you have preeminence here tonight. You have first place. So just bring the kingdom in a new way. Give us ears to hear and a heart to receive. I pray that none of us leave here the same, but we leave changed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, um, so I have a little bit of a maintenance background and whatnot, and I'm not that good of a welder, but I welded this nut on this boat. And Paul, get up here. I know you're pretty strong. He's pretty strong. But see if you can break that out of there. Yeah. Okay. He says no. Here, you stand up here, man. Hold the mic. Paul says no, and he tried, but. But what I did was I used words to set up a stronghold in Paul's mind. I welded a nut on, I did, I did, but if anybody, and I know Paul doesn't have much of a maintenance background, but if you have a maintenance background, you know with that many threads, it's got a longer flat spot on it, but he didn't know that. But ultimately, what I was doing was setting up a stronghold in his mind that I welded that on there, and it does have weld, and he did not put out everything he had. If he did, in fact, he did there for a minute. I saw his face. I go, oh, he's going to break it open. <laughs> But he did not put out as much as he could have because already in his mind there was a thought that that's welded and I can't break weld. So it's deception somewhat, right? Well, I want to tell you the enemy has deceived you into thinking that you can't win people to Christ. And so we're here to tear down the deception, the strongholds. Stronghold is any thought that holds you strong. That's false, that's deceiving that we need to break, okay? And we want to do that just a little bit tonight. And we talked about some of the reasons that we don't is fear, fear of failure, fear of man, you know, but God's not giving us a spirit of fear, timidity, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. He says, Jesus said in Acts 1-8, you shall receive power after the Holy Spirit's come upon you and you shall be witnesses which is the word martyr, but it literally means bold, free speech. If the world has the confidence and the bold to talk smack around us, how come we don't have the same bold confidence to turn around and just say, have I ever shared my testimony of Jesus Christ with you before? <laughs> I mean, what's the worst thing that they do is go, no, and I don't want to hear it. Then you kick the dust off your feet and you go on down the road, right? But they are bold. They're talking smack. They're talking trash. They're talking... It's crazy, right? So, out of love, everything in the kingdom is motivated by love. For God so loved the world that he gave, right? So, out of love, listen, the true mark of the baptism of the Holy Ghost, first and foremost, is love. God is love. The Holy Ghost is love. And when he comes in, he gives us a love for people. 
two great commandments, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and your neighbor as yourself. We have to love God, have to love ourselves before we can love our neighbor. And if I love my neighbor, I'm going to share the gospel with them. I'm not going to shove it down their throat. I'm just going to open up a door. I'm going to share my testimony first and foremost. You can share scripture with them, some, but if you share your testimony, then the Jesus of the Bible becomes flesh right in front of them. This is where I was. This is who I was. This is what he's done, and this is now who I am. It's just that simple. And we don't glorify our past, but our past is what connects us with the lost. Because until you're born again, you don't have any power to do anything but sin. A dog barks because he's a dog. Sinners sin because they're sinners. I did until I was 32 years old. I don't expect the world to live like the church, but we sure don't expect the church to live like the world once they're born again, right? So we have to understand that the simplicity is, is I need to love people enough with the love of God shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost according to Romans 5, 5, just to love them and share the truth in love. But no pressure. I told them uh, earlier that the only pressure, I used to put pressure on myself to win souls to Christ, and the Lord spoke to me one day. He said, why don't you just sow seed? Along the way, you'll get to water, you'll get to reap a harvest, but I'm the one who gives the increase. So the only pressure is to sow seed. His word never returns void, but it accomplishes that which he sends it to do. You can share your testimony, share scripture with them, walk off. It's still there. They'll not forget it. I can remember people that witnessed to me years before I got born again, and I never, I can tell you every word they said, even though they made me mad. Because the truth usually makes you mad before it makes you glad. It usually offends before it mends. To find out that I'm a sinner and without Jesus, I'm not going to make it, you know, I'm not going to make it to heaven. That makes me mad at first, right? And we have to get people lost before we can ever get them saved, right? So, but I want to talk tonight, I want to do something a little different. I want to talk about the supernatural in evangelism. Turn with me in your Bible real quick to John 6, or 16. I'm going to use quite a bit of scripture here for a few minutes and then... I just want you to see this. Jesus said he would not leave us as orphans. John 16, verse 7. This is Jesus. I'll give you a minute to get there. So I just want to tear out some strongholds. I want you to know that the power of God and the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for evangelism. Did you know I've seen many people get healed before they got born again? Most people won't even pray for the lost, the sinners. But I promise you, one encounter with the love of God. Healing is just a gift of love. It's just a manifestation. One encounter, all of a sudden they go, oh my, I cannot deny that he's real and I want to give my life to Christ. I'll share some testimonies in a few minutes. But John 16, 7, Jesus says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Every time Jesus opened his mouth, it was the truth. <laughs> it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. The helper, not the doer. As we go do, he comes and helps and empowers our doing. You have to have the supernatural manifestation of the kingdom to bring about 
the fruit of the message that there was one born of a virgin, which is ludicrous to the natural mind, <laughs> lived a sinless life, died on the cross, rose, buried, rose again three days later. That's ludicrous until the Holy Spirit brings a manifestation of the kingdom, and it's like, oh, my, how can I deny that? Y'all with me? So I want to talk about the supernatural in evangelism. So go with me in Matthew chapter 10. Remember this right here. Jesus did no works until he was baptized in the River Jordan, baptized in the Holy Ghost, baptized in his identity, and then baptized through 40 days of testing. Then he returned in the power of the Holy Spirit. If Jesus had not been baptized in the Holy Spirit, he would have never been crucified on the cross. Nobody was mad at him until he started performing the works of the kingdom. Y'all with me? You hear of him as being born of a virgin and at 12 years old. Next time you hear of him, he's being baptized in a river. And then he starts, he reads the prophecy out of Isaiah of who he is and why he's here. And now they want to kill him. <laughs> Y'all with me? So he did no miracles, no supernatural until he was baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, in Matthew chapter 10. We'll get to the book of Acts in just a few minutes. I'm going to share a little bit of my testimony, the supernatural, what drew me to Christ. Chapter 10, verse 1. And when he, talking about Jesus, had called his 12 disciples to him, what's the first thing he did? He gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out to heal all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases. First thing he did was giving power. In other words, I'm not sending you out there with the ability to do. I'm going to give you what you have need of right out the gate. Now, right here, it's delegated power and authority. They're not baptized in the Holy Ghost yet. Jesus is with them. It's delegated, okay? And it gives the names, verse 5. Then 12, Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the ways of the Gentiles, and do not enter, in, enter a city of the Samaritans, but go to the house of Israel. As you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. Now go to Luke chapter 9. Same account, but I want to talk about two different things here. Luke chapter 9, same thing. Give you a minute to get there. Nine verse one. Then he called his twelve disciples together, gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. He sent them to preach the kingdom of God and heal the sick. So preaching the kingdom and healing the sick is normal Christianity. Doesn't matter where you're at. Walmart, I've seen people healed in Walmart. I've seen people healed. Just wherever you lay hands on them, okay? Now, let's go down just a little bit more. That's nine. No, I'm not. Verse six, they said, chapter nine, verse six, so they departed, went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Now, chapter 10, one more chapter over. Verse one, so he calls 12 disciples, he sends them. 
with power and authority. The reason that he does this, he's multiplying his ministry because Jesus is in an earthly body and he can only be at one place at one time. And now he's got 12 more going and now he's going to call 70 more. Now he's got 82 disciples. Let's look at this. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also, sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he, he himself was about to go. He said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the labors are few. Did you know that the harvest has always been great and the labors have always, always been few? I always hear people say, well, it's corn harvest time in Kentucky, so the harvest is plentiful. I said, in, in souls, it's every day. <laughs> We're not waiting for, you know, for the harvest of the corn or the wheat. He says, therefore, the harvest truly is great, labors are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out labors into his harvest. The word there, send out, is ekbalo, Greek, where we get our word ballistic missile, means send out with power. He didn't send them out without power, okay? And he tells them, verse 9, talking about enter to the cities and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. Can you imagine walking in a group of people and say, the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is here. And they're looking at you like, well, we need to commit you right now. But all of a sudden, a lame man gets up and walks and they'll go, the kingdom of God is here. <laughs> they'll tell you the kingdom of God is here, right? Are you with me? Okay. I want you to see this. So they go, verse 17. I want you to see this. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us through your name. And he said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Then he says these words, I give you authority. What did Paul open up with? The Great Commission. All authority is given me. So now I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over how much of the ability of the enemy? All. And nothing by any means shall hurt you. Something, some, or nothing. None. We have no fear of the darkness. The darkness has to bow to light every time, right? The only reason darkness exists is because light retreats, but light always pierces darkness and causes it to disperse, right? Y'all with me? We are children of light. We are children of power, of demonstration. Nothing but shall by any means hurt you. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. In the book of Ephesians, we're made alive together with him. We're raised together with him, and we're presently seated with him. We're not going to be seated someday. We're presently seated in the spirit realm with him. That's the reason we have the authority to use his name. Y'all with me so far? Okay. Now go with me to Mark chapter 17. Mark chapter 17. There's no Mark 17? Oh, there's not a chapter in there that says where the power of God passed away with the apostles, that signs, wonders, and miracles are not needed to preach the gospel. You sure it's not? You go look again. There's no Mark 17? Come on, y'all. It's not in there? When the last apostle died, all the power left, and there's no gifts of the Holy Spirit, and there's no... Go to Mark 16 with me then. I just want to make sure... Because I'm going to tell you, 
A lot of the people I see, that's what they read in their Bible. I won't get into that, but cessationism, cessationists say they, they, they stand on Scripture, line upon line, precept upon precept. There's one Scripture they take out of context to support the whole idea that we're left on our own, and all we have is the canonization of the Scripture. All I have is this right here. You know, the devil is not afraid of this book. He's afraid of what you get in your heart and believe and act upon. That's what he's afraid of. Amen? So, Mark 16, 15, it's the Great Commission. I call it the Great Mandate, where he said, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, which is our part. Nobody gets pregnant through prayer. They get pregnant through the word. We pray, which is plowing the ground. Faith is the fertilizer, but if we don't put seed in the ground, you'll never have a harvest. They have to hear the word of God. Faith comes by in hearing by going to the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Our part, he that believes is baptized shall be saved. He that believes not shall be condemned. Nobody made a choice for me. Nobody can make a choice for you. Nobody can make a choice for them. I'm not responsible for the results. I'm responsible for releasing the word. Y'all with me? And he, said, he says, in these signs shall follow them that what? Not the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, but them that. This is Jesus speaking. So he said, in my name, they shall cast out demons. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up or remove serpents. They, if they drink any, po any poisonous thing, it shall not hurt them. And they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. It says, after he had spoken these things, he was received up into heaven, and he sat down at the right hand of Father. Well, just exactly what y'all are doing right now. Jesus has been sitting there the whole time. The only time I know he stood up was whenever Stephen was being stoned. He's sitting. Why is he sitting? He's given us authority, which is the right to do. Then on the day of Pentecost, we're going to get there. Go ahead and turn with me to Acts chapter 2. He told them, boys, don't you do anything. You tarry in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. Because he ascends to heaven and now Jesus is not with them. So the power of God is not present with them. But 10 days later, on the day of Pentecost, we'll go there here in just a second. It says he sat down, and then it says your last scripture in 16 of Mark, verse 20, and they went everywhere, which is obedience. They didn't sit down and have a committee meeting about it and vote on that. <laughs> well, we ought to go. We shouldn't go. Well, we should, yeah. They went everywhere preaching the word, seed. They didn't know the condition of the heart, the four kinds of ground. Nobody knows that. Everybody deserves the opportunity to hear the gospel once, right? Because he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, so you don't have to determine whether it's God's will for that person to be saved. The will of God's not automatic. People die outside the will of God every day and go to hell. And they went everywhere preaching the word, the Lord working with them, where we get the word synergios, or, or word synergy, synergio, synergy. Whenever you decide to step out, Holy Ghost empowers your stepping, your preaching, your witnessing. He doesn't empower us to sit on the couch, eat bonbons, and watch as the world turns upside down. 
We don't need that to be on the couch, right? Okay? The Lord working with them, confirming the word, the message, with signs following. Signs, wonders, and miracles follow the preaching of the gospel. And I'm going to show you here in a little bit that you need to pray for those. People say, don't pray for that. Yes, you better. It's scriptural. So now, in Acts chapter 2, I want us to look somewhere. I want us to look at the preaching in verse 14. So on the day of Pentecost, three things happened. There's a sound. They're praying. Uh, chapter 1, verse 14. I want you to see prayer before everything that I'm going to share here real quick. 14, I believe is the scripture. It says, these all continue with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. Acts 1, 14. Now, in Acts chapter 2, we have the day of Pentecost has fully come. They were all with one accord in one place. Suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind that filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared unto them divided tongues as of fire. One sat upon each, upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So now Peter's getting ready to step out on the stage of the supernatural. There's been a rushing mighty wind. There's been tongues of fire on 120. Everybody saw it on the other 119, even though they may not have seen it on themselves. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they began speaking in a language they had never heard before. And so now, all of a sudden, the supernatural, and Peter's going to step out, not on a wooden stage. He's going to step out on the stage of supernatural. He's going to stand on that stage because all of the nations that came together heard them speaking in their language and knew they were unlearned Galileans. They're going, what in the world is this? Are y'all drunk? And so on the stage of supernatural, Peter's going to preach, and I want you to see what he preaches. Verse 14. I'm going to shorten some of this a little bit, but I want you to see this. 14 through 40. It says, but Peter, standing up with 11, raised his voice and said to them, so you have to preach the word. Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. These are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour, which is 9 a.m. of the day. But this is, that, was, that was spoken by the prophet Joel. So now it's the prophetic being fulfilled. And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. On my men servants, on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above, signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire, vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before the coming and great awesome day of the Lord. He's quoting from the book of Joel, Old Testament, and it's now being fulfilled. The prophecy is now coming to pass right in front of you. So he's preaching the word, Old Testament. Michelle, would you come up for a minute and... Write these up here. Write supernatural in the first column and then prophetic fulfillment. Men of Israel, hear, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, supernatural, which God did through him in your midst, as you, you yourselves also know, him being delivered by the determined purpose, foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death. Write down crucifixion. 
whom God raised up, having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible he should be held by him. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. I'm going to go on down because here's again prophetic fulfillment. Then verse 29, men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, that his tomb is with us today. Therefore, being a prophet, knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He foreseeing this spoke concerning the resurrection of Christ, right, resurrection. And his soul would not be left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God has raised up, of which we are all witnesses. Resurrection, and now it's personal testimony. So, testimony. Write that there. And therefore, being exalted to the right hand of God and having received from the Father the promise of the Holy Spirit, he poured out this which you now see and hear. There's no denying. They see and they hear. For David did not ascend to the heavens, but he says to him, more prophetic fulfillment. And then watch this, 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know as surely that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, we got crucifixion there, both Lord and Christ. Lordship, write that there. Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart, said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what, brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, repent. So write repent. Repentance is part of the gospel message. Most people won't preach it nowadays, afraid they're going to offend somebody. It will offend you at first. <laughs> Did you know, I've heard this statement, most people don't want to hear it preached. Somebody in hell would love to hear it one more time. <laughs> Let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions of sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So write Holy Spirit there, Michelle. For the promises to you, to your children, to all who are far off, Anytime you see a far off, it was the Gentiles. That was a prophetic word that Peter and them didn't even know yet, didn't understand yet, but they will in Acts chapter 10. As many as the Lord our God will call. And then he says, and with many other words, he testified, there's testimony, exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. And those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. So I want you to see what's happening here. We have... Of course, we have prayer. They were in prayer. We have supernatural. We have prophetic fulfillment. We have crucifixion, resurrection, testimony, lordship, repentance, and Holy Spirit. Do you see it? All right, let's flip another place. Acts 3.12. I may have to fill some other stuff in, but... I want you to see, let's go to Acts chapter uh, 3, verse 1 first. Now, Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. So they're going to pray. So we have prayer, right? We have prayer is the foundation of everything. Okay. And so as they're going up, there's a man at the gate, beautiful. Been, uh, he's been a, a, a cripple for over 40 years. He asks alms of them. And Peter looks at him and says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. Did you know Peter knew what he had? <laughs> Did you know once you've been born again, received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing else to have? When the Holy Spirit moves in, he brings a suitcase of all nine gifts with him. Any of the nine can operate through you at any time. 
Did you know that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are like a Swiss Army knife? Do you know what the most important tool on a Swiss Army knife is? The one you need at the moment. Do you know which one of the nine gifts you need that's most important? The one you need at the moment. A sick man doesn't need a word of knowledge. He needs to be healed, the gift of healing, right? Amen? And the Holy Spirit knows. <laughs> but any of those, don't think you're limited to one gift. In a house like this, God won't use you in one gift, in all nine gifts at the same time because he does a corporate thing. But if you're by yourself out witnessing or you and someone else, any, any two or three, usually they, they come in, in tandem. A word of knowledge and a gift of faith. A word of knowledge, a gift of faith, and a miracle of healing. We see it all the time. But it's supernatural. But it's to bring witness to Jesus that he is risen. Y'all with me? Okay. So he, he says, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto you. And he reaches down and grabs him. The man supernaturally healed. He, he jumps up. He's bouncing, leaping, shouting. I would be too. Amen. <laughs> Been crippled for 40 years. And then, uh-oh, here comes trouble. We know that. But watch this. We're in verse uh, 12. So Peter stands up on a platform of the miraculous, supernatural. A man got healed, got everybody's attention because they knew he'd been that way for 40 years. He says, he responded, said, men of Israel, this is verse 12, why do you marvel at this or why so look intently at us as though by our own power of godliness we made this man walk? Boy, there's a lot of preachers need to get a hold of that right there. Because <laughs> they're getting ready to shift it to the one who receives all the glory. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, glorified his servant Jesus. So they're preaching Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One, the just, asked for a murder to be granted to you, and killed the Prince of Life. So there's crucifixion, whom God raised from the dead. There's resurrection, of which we are witnesses. Now here comes testimony. I want you to see the common threads of how you share the gospel. And his name through faith in his name has made this man strong whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Yet now, brethren, I know you did it in ignorance as did also your rulers. But those things which God foretold by the mouth of all of his prophets, here comes the prophetic. He's going back to Old Testament and bringing it to the now. That Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. And here we go. Repent, therefore. So there's repentance. Repent, be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send Jesus Christ, who was preached to you before, whom heaven must receive until the time of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. And so he, peach, he, he preaches Christ, testimony, crucifixion, resurrection, prophetic fulfillment, supernatural. He's standing on the supernatural. He's standing on a miracle. And he's using the miracle to point people to Jesus, not to the miracle. Y'all with me? Holy Spirit, Lordship, repentance. It's there again. Now. Let's go to Acts 4, 8 through 12. Yeah, I'm going to do these two more. <clears throat> Acts 4. 
This is still from the same miracle. It's got them in trouble now, by the way, with the religious folk. Always does. So the Sanhedrin calls them together, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, Alexander, as many as were the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in their midst, talking about the apostles, verse 7, they asked them, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit more than once because you need to be if you're going to keep boldness. <laughs> We're going to see a third time he gets filled in this same chapter. Y'all with me? It's not just a one-time thing. What is it? Guy says, why do I need to be filled with the Holy Spirit over and over again? Because I leak. I leak him out everywhere I go. <laughs> I'm going to share. Are y'all with me? So says, uh, then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with holy boldness, free speech, not backing up. I mean, again, what's the worst thing they do? Kill us and send us home early? Got to die somehow. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not chasing death. The greatest thing that happened to me the day I got saved 29 years ago was I lost my fear of death. I don't have a death wish, but I'm going to die somehow, right? Not that we're pushing it, but the, not that we're afraid of it. That's the main thing. It says, rulers of people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what, by what means has he been made well? Let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, <laughs> there's Jesus Christ, whom you crucified, <laughs> crucifixion, whom God raised from the dead, resurrection, whom God raised from the dead by him, this man stands here before you whole. I want you to listen to this. We do not live in the crucified power of Christ. You come to the cross, the foot of the cross, to get your sins forgiven. We live in the resurrection power of Christ. If he was not raised from the dead, he was no different than the two thieves that he was crucified between. Whose cross did he die on? Barabbas's. Whose cross was it? Mine and yours. <laughs> He died on, their, on Barabbas' cross, ours, but he was only buried for three days. He's been alive ever since, and we live in the resurrection. The same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead would do what? Quicken your mortal body right here. Holy Spirit's quickening Peter to stand before the Sanhedrin and be a bold witness. So watch this. This is the stone which was, re was rejected by you builders who has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there's no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. That's very exclusive. You know, people say all the time that God's so big and diverse, there has to be more than one way to heaven. I always ask them, how many ways can you physically be born on earth? Doesn't matter if you're conceived in a test tube. Doesn't matter, but only through the womb of a woman can you be birthed on earth. Maybe C-section, maybe natural, but only through the womb of... Is that narrow-minded? Well, there's only one way you can be born again. And if you have trouble with gender, womb, man, and man. If you don't have a womb, you're not a man. I mean, you're, you're a woman. <laughs> If you have a womb, you're a woman. <laughs> if you don't, you're a man. Well, I got confused. Can we rewind this? <laughs> Y'all with me? Man, it's not hard, right? 
Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and realized that they had been with Jesus. Did you know a Bible college degree is optional, but an education in the kingdom is essential with King, with King Jesus in the school of the Holy Spirit? I'm thankful for Bible colleges, but you know what? You can spend time alone with Jesus. And your, your testimony and a little bit of word is enough to set the captives free. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with them, they could say nothing against him. How in the world do you refute a man that's been crippled for 40 years and go? There's nothing. Because you know what? The only thing you can do with the miraculous is attribute it to the devil, which the Pharisees did. But Jesus said, a kingdom divided shall not stand. Okay, so here we are. We've got crucifixion. And of course, they got testimony. They're testifying. You see it all here? Okay, 29 through 32 real quick. Chapter 5, and I'm going to go back to 4 real quick. So I want you to see it again. 29 through 32, because they're on trial again. <sighs> What's that statement? Could we be convicted of being a Christian if we were put on trial? 529, but Peter and other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Real quick, you killed him, father raised him up, he's alive. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel, forgiveness of sins. So there's repentance, and we are his witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit. There's testimony, and there's Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. Now go back to chapter 4 real quick. I want to show you something. Um, that was 529 through 32. Yeah, that's okay. Same place. Yeah. I'm going to share this, and I'm going to share Acts real quick. So I just want you to see what's in Scripture. I want you to see everywhere where they stood and preached what their message was, so you know what your message is. It's not real hard. It's not real long. Yeah, you can do the Romans road. It's okay. You can do that. There's several things you can do, but you have to exalt Jesus. He has to be preeminence. He has to be exalted. Holy Spirit has to have place in you to do what he wants to do. I'm going to share some testimonies here in just a minute. So in chapter 4, verse 29, this is after they've been threatened not to preach in the name of Jesus again. And so Peter and John return to their company in verse 29. They actually start praying in verse 27. But here's a prayer that to me, if the apostles needed to pray this prayer, you ought to pray this prayer over your life. The prayer says, Now, Lord, behold their threatening, and grant to us that with all boldness we may speak speak your word by stretching forth your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy child Jesus. They are praying for signs and wonders to manifest as they're preaching the gospel. They're asking for it. Boldness. They're asking for signs, wonders, and miracles. And when they had prayed, so there's prayer again. The 
the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. Holy Spirit and boldness always go together. This is the third time Peter's been filled with the Holy Spirit in three chapters. Two, three, and four. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I got baptized in the Holy Ghost 23 years ago. Okay. Have you had a fresh infilling? Have we? Now let's go to Acts chapter 10 real quick. You know, before I got saved, about four weeks before, I was walking across the driveway of my house, and man, I had this, I didn't, wasn't looking for Jesus, I'm atheist, I don't care nothing about it, got a guy witnessing to me, I told him pretty much he's crazy, but I'm walking across my driveway to the mailbox on a Saturday, August 1994, all of a sudden I have this thought just seized me out of nowhere, this guy was praying for me, and we found out that our nephew was praying for us. He had given his life to Christ, and he was so scared of us being against the gospel, he won't talk to us, so he just prayed. But I'm walking across the driveway, and all of a sudden I stop. We built a house, a new house, eight acres, lake, new car, new truck. I got a brand new bass boat, same color as my truck. I'm rednecking, y'all. I'm telling you, man. I'm looking good. <laughs> I'm styling and profiling. But I had this thought that if that's all my life consisted of, I didn't have anything as if I died at that moment. It all belonged to somebody else. And that bothered me. And so I called my uncle in Cincinnati who used to be an evangelist in the healing revival tent. He had tumors that, in jars of formaldehyde that fell off in his hands when he prayed for people. It's all kinds of miracles. And I called him and told him, you know, kind of what was going on. He said, well, God's dealing with you. I said, I don't think so, uncle. I don't believe that stuff. He said, why don't you and Michelle come up and see me for Labor Day weekend? So we went up and spent three days with him, and he told me again, God's dealing with me. I said, uncle, I really don't think you know what you're talking about. <laughs> But on September 19th, on a Monday, the guy at the mines who had been friend, befriending me, we bass fished together, tournament fished. He said, hey, why don't we go fishing this week? I said, there's no way. I said, I'm too busy. I got too much going on. He said, well, about Saturday. I said, let's shoot for Saturday. So the following day, Tuesday, September 20th, 1994, underground coal mines, about 580, 600 feet deep. I'm running continuous miner. It cuts and loads of coal. Uh, it's almost the end of the shift. We've been having trouble all that day with the feeder where you dump the coal, crushes it, sends it out on the belt. And uh, so the cars quit pulling again, so I had a few minutes. I got up at 1.30 that morning. I was tired. It's 2.30 in the afternoon. I had that wing curtain from the roof down underneath my tail, and I'm sitting on my tail with my, my legs straight out on the floor of the mine, and I close my eyes. And when I do, all of a sudden I have this vision. In this vision, I see myself standing in front of a bass boat and about 100 feet out in water. I'm on a lake. I see a wave about that high and about that wide swell up, and it's coming at me at a pretty fast rate. And I'm standing there looking at it. And about the time it gets about 15 feet from the boat, I turn left to get away from it. And when I do, there's a man standing there in a white robe with brown hair, beard, mustache who grabs me. When this happens, I jump straight up off the ground. I got a remote station in my lap remote station, and I take off running, and about 10 feet away, I run into a guy named Fuji, Ulysses Morrow. He was my helper, and he grabs me because I ran into him. He goes, Hill, what's wrong with you? I said, I just had a bad dream. He said, dream? You weren't asleep. I said, I know, and I shoved him. I said, get away from me. And man, when I got home, I told Michelle, I said, I don't know what's going on. 
But I said, all I know is the next time I go fishing, something out there is going to get me. <laughs> and she's looking at me. She said, what did you just say? I said, I'm just telling you. Next time I go fishing, something's going to get me. She goes, okay. So on that Saturday, me and Danny go fishing. Now, all of a sudden, I'm a little bit curious. I start asking questions, you know, like, you know, what's it like to serve Jesus? And that dude looked at me, looked back, and about a minute later, turned, had tears coming down his eyes. He never spoke a word. All he did was shook his head. I'm like, that's weird. But anyway, but anyway, I did the same thing to him about a year later. But anyway, but anyway I said, well, Danny, the way I understand, I need to read the Bible, find out what it's about, you know. Before I ever make a decision, he said, well, you can, but it took the Holy Spirit to write it. It takes him to understand it. It'd be like German to you, whatever, you know. So I back him in the water in his boat. I park his truck. I step, I run down. I step off of the dock into his boat, and I'm standing in the very back, and he's sitting there with the steering wheel, and he looks up, and he says, okay, sit down. It's time to go. I said, hey, Danny, where's your life jackets at? He goes, what? I said, where are your life jackets at? He goes, we don't ever wear our life jackets out here. I said, I know, but I am today. He goes, what? I said, Danny, all I know is something's going to get me out here today. <laughs> he went, you're serious? I said, yeah. He goes, well, they're right there. Go ahead and give me one, too. <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> it's weird. So we go fishing, and I remember like one or two questions that I've asked several, but, I've, but one of them was, I said, well, I guess a man give his life. Christ anywhere, anytime. He goes, yeah, anywhere, anytime. I said, okay. And so all of a sudden, we were on the far side of Barkley Lake over on the LBL government side. He said, let's go back across the bay we put in. I said, all right. So he fires up the boat, comes up on plane. He's running about 40 mile an hour, and we're out in the middle of the lake, and all of a sudden, I turn around. I said, Danny. He said, what? I said, stop the boat. He said, what? I said, stop, stop the boat. So he shuts down. He goes, what's wrong? I said, I want to give my life to Christ. He said, right here, right now. I said, right here, right now. He said, okay. So he slides off of his seat onto his knees, and he goes to praying. And I slide off my knees onto the bottom boat, because I guess that's what you do, right? I don't know. And all I said was, Jesus, Jesus. And when I stood up, all the guilt and shame of my past was gone. It was like a 1,000 pounds come off my shoulders. I lost half my vocabulary that day. I was an alcoholic. Went home, poured all the alcohol out of the cabinets. I've not been an alcoholic since that day. <laughs> the grass was greener. The sky was bluer. I mean, it was just, it's crazy. Within two weeks of reading the word, transformation, I burned all the pornography in the house. Two weeks later, I burned all the music. That I heard a voice said I ought to sell it because look at the money. I know what that voice was. <laughs> look at the supernatural before I came to Christ. Number one, I had that thought that seized me. And let me tell you, the first week of being born again, I read this scripture and I heard it three times. Matthew 16, 26. What does it profit a man if he should gain the whole world? Or what? And it, or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And so I knew that, that him seizing me like that made me wake up and go, man, what am I looking at? And then that vision that was fulfilled, and the Lord spoke to me. He said, that coming after you was who you belonged to, but because you did a 180 in repentance, I was standing there waiting on you. And I say this, I'll say this to everybody. You can walk a 1,000 miles away from Jesus, but if you'll make one step in repentance back, he's been after you the whole time. Don't ever forget it. Y'all with me? 
And guess what? He's after everyone out there that's waiting for us to open the door just through the word of God and testimony. All right, one more place, Acts 10, 34. Yeah, about a year after I got saved, Danny come saw me. He said, you asked me a question that day before you got saved. I said, yeah, what was it? Because I knew I asked you. He said, you asked me what it was like to serve Jesus. He said, what's it like to serve Jesus? <laughs> I was speechless and all I had was tears coming out of my eyes. There's really no words for it. I mean, still, it's just glorious. It's the best life ever, amen? It's glorious. So there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, the centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment, a devout man, one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people and prayed to God always. You got a man who's praying, right? About the ninth hour, it's amazing, that's been there three times, <laughs> of the day he saw clearly in a vision the angel of God coming to him, saying to him, Cornelius? And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose surname is Peter. There's three things here. Angels are not sent to preach the gospel. He did not preach the gospel. He told him to send for someone, a man, right? Number two, God knows your name and he knows where you reside. You don't have to jump up and scream. He knows exactly where you're at. He is lodging with Simon a tanner whose house is by the sea. He knows where you're at. He will tell you what you must do. And when the angel who spoke to him had departed, Cornelius called two of his household servants. He didn't pray about it. Servants and a devout soldier from him, because he's already prayed, among those who waited on him continually. So anyway, I want you to see this. He sends them. Peter's up on the housetop, verse 9. He's praying. And all of a sudden, the Lord speaks to him, gives him a vision supernatural, speaks to him, three men are waiting for you. He's showing them that it's now right to go to the Gentiles, but I won't get into all that, but I want you to see Peter preaching. So he goes, and let's look here. Verse 34, because Cornelius tells him he was praying and fasting, and an angel appeared, said, Send for you, and you tell me what I now watch this preaching. Y'all ready? Verse 34. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, You will never preach with a closed mouth. <laughs> In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. In other words, he has no favorites. But in every nation, whoever fears him works righteousness is accepted by him. The word which God sent to the children of Israel, preaching peace through Christ Jesus, he is Lord of all. So now we got Jesus, and now he's Lord. So write that over there, Michelle. The word you know, which was proclaimed throughout all Judea and began from Galilee after the baptism which John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. There's Holy Spirit power. Who went about doing good and healing. There's healing. All who were pressed by the devil, for God was with him. So all oppression's from the devil. If sickness is from God, then you can't pray for sick people because you'll be in contrary to God's will. Right? God did not send sickness to teach you anything. If he did, then all the hospitals and doctors are in rebellion against the kingdom of God. The very man, that somebody needs to hear this tonight, it's going to set you free. It's going to break a stronghold. The very man who led me to Christ about four or five months into my salvation, I'm reading the Bible, and I'm believing it. 
I called him one day. I said, hey, Danny, how you doing? He goes, well, I'm sick. I said, you are? He goes, yeah. I said, well, you me come down there and anoint you with oil and pray for you? He goes, no. I said, why not? He said, God's whooping me. I said, what would you just say? He said, God's whooping me. I went, okay. I said, you do want God's perfect will in your life, don't you? He goes, yeah, I do. I said, well, you been to the doctor? He goes, yeah, I've been twice. I said, well, why are you going to the doctor to get God's will out of your life? Man, you could have heard a pin drop. He went, I never thought of that. Isn't that crazy to think that God's whooping me with sickness? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Is there any one time in the New Testament where people came to him sick and he told them, go away because that's my Father's will for your life? I just want to make sure we're reading the same book. Anyway, it totally ripped his world. He became Baptocostal not long after that. And we are witnesses, personal testimony again, of all the things which he both did both in the land of Jews in Jerusalem, whom they killed by hanging on a tree, crucifixion. Him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, resurrection. Not all the people, but to witnesses chosen before God, even to us who ate and drank with him after he arose from the dead. This is my personal witness. I ate and drank with Jesus after his resurrection. And he commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that it is he who was ordained by God to be the judge of the living and the dead. To him all the prophets witness that through his name whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Now I'm preaching the word, Old Testament. He's saying even the prophets. So you got to have the word. And while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of circumcision, the Jewish, who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit, gift can't be earned or it's not a gift, had been poured out on the Gentiles also for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then Peter answered, can anyone forbid water that these should not be baptized who have just received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. And they asked him to stay a few days. The three W's of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. The word of God. Old Testament, now we have the four gospels. The word of God. Number two is your witness, personal testimony. That's W number two. But there's one more W. The wind of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Always expect the Holy Spirit to move and bring the miracles to confirm the message that you just preached. Death, burial, resurrection, lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's my life before, here's my life after. Holy Spirit is the only one that can bring conviction, which is convincing. And then guess what? The decision's on them. It's either yes, no, or some other day, which is a no. If it's a no, kick the dust off your feet and go to the next one. Why should somebody hear the gospel twice when most of them have never heard it the first time, even in the Bible Belt of America? Are y'all with me? So, just a couple testimonies real quick. Gosh, I don't even know. Two. I said I would do this about Wiccan. <laughs> I'm in the jail preaching one night, and had, I think, six guys give their life to Christ. And I said, now, I always preach and I pray for the sick. I always do. 
Worst thing that happens is somebody laid hands on you, loved you and laid hands on you. Boy, it really hurt, didn't it? And I've never seen anybody get sicker because I prayed for them. <laughs> and so after I, six give their life to Christ, they sat down. I said, how many of y'all got sickness in your body? And four or five of them raised their hand. I said, all right. I said, you first. Come up here. I prayed for him. God touched his body. Number two, I'm getting ready to call the third one up. And this guy looks at me. He says, does God only heal Christians? I said, why do you ask? He said, I'm a Wiccan. I said, no, he'll heal you too. Get up here. He comes up there, <laughs> and man, God totally wrecked him. He's sitting there with snot running out his nose, tears in front of inmates. You don't do that in jail. Totally got healed, totally got born again, and totally got set free. Why would he not? Are you with me? See, everybody gets scared of witchcraft and all that. That's darkness. Light pierces it every time. It's an opportunity for you to release the kingdom of God right in their midst and set the captives free and bring them into the kingdom. Translated from the kingdom of darkness into his... Yes, light always overcomes darkness. I'll share another wicked and then we're going to pray. Man, I could share testimonies for <laughs> I just don't have time. So one night after a tent meeting, we did tent meetings, and we go to Denny's to eat, and we're sitting there eating, and this waitress goes on break, and she's sitting over there, and she has a backpack that um, is shaped like a coffin, and it has a pentagram on it. Ooh, that really scares me. No. And so <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, you're sitting there serving a loser. <laughs> and she has a book called How to Practice Wiccan. And so a buddy of mine, he hits me. He says, you said over? He goes, I said, yeah. He goes, what are you going to do about that? I said, I ain't doing anything until the Lord speaks to me. So we left that night, and it's not that I wouldn't go over there, but I just felt like, you know, just seeing what's going on here, see what the Lord wanted to do. Just felt a check in my spirit. That's not always. I'm, I don't care to go over there. So the next time we're in Denny's, <laughs> we eat, and we go up there to check out. And so they're up there paying for their meals, and all of a sudden, uh, the same guy walks over to me and says, look behind the checkout counter, and this girl's doing this. And I looked, and I said, is that that same girl? He goes, yeah. I said, what's wrong with her? He said, her feet, they're killing her. I said, okay. So I walked up to her, and I said, what's your name? And she tells me. I go, what's going on with you, sugar? She goes, my feet are killing me. She said, I got another hour of my shift, and I don't think I can make it. <laughs> and I said, well, can I pray for you? And she goes, well, I guess. I said, okay. So I stepped behind the counter, lay hands on her, command that to cease in Jesus' name. I don't remember what I prayed. I mean, I don't. But... All of a sudden, she goes, what's that? I said, what? She goes, it just shot out the bottom of my feet. <laughs> she goes, what's that? I said, it's Jesus. He just healed you. And she's standing. She goes, that's crazy. How does that happen? I said, Jesus loves you. She goes, that is. I said, you ever given your life to Jesus? She goes, how would a person do that? And I said, let me show you. And I led her to Christ right there. <clears throat> See? The very thing that repels most of us is the open door for us to come in and release the kingdom. They can be healed before they're ever born again. Are you with me? I'll share one more, just for time's sake. Preached another night, and uh, I took in a crown of thorns because I was talking about how Jesus brought peace to chaos. Chaos, there's another word for it called disorder. And I started chasing ADD and EBD and EIEIODD or whatever. 
disorder, disorder I don't care what they name it. <laughs> the name of Jesus trumps it. And so I'm talking about how to be free and how, I mean, I just went, I just went after mental illness. And about two-thirds of the way through, a guy in the very back raised his hand. I love interruptions. He said, what about uh, schizophrenia and uh, uh, bipolar? And I said, uh, you ever played with the Ouija board? He goes, I have. I said, how old were you? I, he said, 15. I said, that's demonic. I said, but you can be free tonight. So anyway, I forget how many gave their life to Christ that night. And I said, all of you all that want to be set free of your disorder where Jesus brought chaos, I said, won't you come up? So about seven or eight of them. And so I'm praying, one, two. I get to number three. All of a sudden behind me I hear this growling. And I went, this is going to get real interesting. <laughs> oh, boy. So when I turned to him, and so here's how the simplicity of bringing light in the darkness. All you do is lean up in their ear. You don't scream. That's fear. You don't plead the blood of Jesus. All you do is say, I command every foul spirit to submit to the authority of the Lord Jesus right now and come out. And when I did that, that dude went boom on the concrete. Nobody caught him. <laughs> and he goes to writhing, hissing, his eyes rolling the back of his head. And when that thing come out, the stench in the room was crazy. You should have seen the other 50-plus inmates. They were like. And all of a sudden, he goes to laughing and speaking in tongues. <laughs> Listen, y'all. We have the upper hand. We act like we don't, and we shrink back in fear. We're not to fear the devil and his demons. They're to fear us. And all it takes, we can't do the supernatural. We can do the prayer. We preach the word, which brings it into the now. We preach the crucifixion, resurrection, the lordship, repentance. Through our testimony, Holy Spirit does the supernatural. We don't do it. Y'all with me? It's I can take you more places in the Bible, but just... The book of Acts is still being written today. We're probably in chapter 1,238,342. It's the acts of the Holy Spirit through his people who believe is what it is. Y'all with me? Now, I want to do one thing. Y'all saw where they'd been filled in there time and time again. How many of you all want to be an effective witness for the Lord Jesus Christ? How many of y'all deal, deal, with, deal with fear and timidity? Raise your hand. Don't be afraid. Okay. Here's what I believe we need to do tonight. Won't you just come line up? And all I'm going to do is lay hands on you. And I'm just going to ask the Holy Spirit. To touch you fresh and new. Here's what I want you to do. I want your hands like this because that's how you receive a gift whenever I get to you. You don't have to hold them there the whole time because I don't want your arms to get tight. Because you're going to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He's gift. How many of you all have been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Raise your hand. So all we're going to ask for is just, a, well, how should we say it? In this house would be a fresh dose of the Holy Ghost, right? That would be the statement because I know we host the Holy Ghost, right? So all I'm going to 
do is Michelle and I, we're going to come down through here, Paul, and the different ones, we're just going to lay hands on you. But remember, he's not giving us a spirit of fear, timidity, but of power, which is ability to do, love. Everything is motivated by love in the kingdom. We love the lost. I don't despise the harvest. Most people do. Lord, I'm glad that every, every, every person in the body of Christ, except for the Lord Jesus Christ, came out of the harvest. Every single one of them. Still happens today, right? Love, power, and of a sound Christ-like mind. That's who we are. That's what Holy Spirit does. Amen? He loves you. God wants the best for you. And then I want you every day to look out past just what you see in the natural and realize that every person you meet just needs an open door, just a love stand. All you got to do is sow seeds. No pressure to win souls to Christ. Just sow seeds. Just share the word. It never returns void, right? Okay. So I'm going to come down through just because there's a bunch of you. <laughs> so I'm just going to touch you. That's all I'm going to do. And you're just going to receive. Don't be ashamed of the supernatural. My goodness. You've seen it. I've shared. I can share. I can share testimony upon testimony. 